If you're a gamer and you're not taking advantage of free-to-play games, you're selling yourself short. Selling, free-to-play, you guys see what I did there? Dear God. Still funny. No one's gonna tune in? Yeah, this is... It's like a dumpster fire. A dumpster fire full of skunks. But at least the price is right. Join Scott, Jeff, and Elliot on Budget Arcade as we play, review, and rate a free-to-play game each week. Listen every Tuesday, wherever you download podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. Game Game on. on. start the show we're going to transition in real quick and then i'm gonna unmute and deafen myself oh hey oh hey oh hey there it's almost like it's time for the show to start how you guys doing i thought we were just chatting my bad what time is it what day is it (laughs) it's um (laughs) how did i get here ah i'm sure for you sven it's been like a very long couple days (laughs) but we can just a little bit uh you guys ready to start yeah Uh, Ready as I'll ever be, I guess. Well. <laughs> I mean, we're already here. <laughs> might, might as well just do the show, right? Might as well. Yeah. Uh, hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a show for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, Mr. Green Elite. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Danny? Doing fantastic. A little sore, like up in my tits region, just because from some working out. Um, I also have. Do you need to work out more? Yeah, maybe less. I don't know. Uh, I also have Reverence, my other co-host, Reverence Fan. How are you doing, Sven? Formerly known as. Formerly known as. How's it going? <laughs> so, I mean, like, just real quick, you did do, like, a little name change. It was a smidge, yeah. Just, Nobody here would know because, like, right there, you can see it. Said, it wait, it's, wrong side. Shit, that side. It's the same uh, as it has always <laughs> been on the show. <laughs> yes, but it has been changed. There has been a rebrand of sorts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bring back Padre Spen in the chat. Thanks, Green Elite. Um, and our special guest this week, Indie Falco 64 I want to apologize because my calendar was a little wonky and I forgot to communicate with you a little bit. <laughs> That's okay, man. It's okay. I'm so, ready to do stuff on the fly. It's all good. Yeah, so like my Instagram post said, just the boys, and I'm like, oh, fuck. No, we have Indie Falco. <laughs> so, oh, this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so real quick, for those who don't know you, Indie, um, where can people find you and what are they going to find when they get there? Uh, they can find me on Twitch and Mixer. I'm debating going back to, uh, streaming on multiple platforms, but for now, I'm mostly on Twitch. Uh, it's Indy Falco 64 Indy like, uh, I guess Indiana Jones is it spelled I N D I E. I don't know. Falco, like Falco <laughs> from, uh, Star Fox 64 and 64, like the number 64 and Nintendo 64. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't catch that. Uh, but most of what I play is uh, I'll do some old school stuff, like whether it's PlayStation, Nintendo, I don't care. Um, and I'll do a lot of indie games and on occasion, bigger like AAA games, uh, but mostly just indie games. Like if you look at Dead Cells, that just kind of sums me up almost entirely. Like that's just such a good example, but I'm not going to rant on it. So that's most of what you find with Yet. me. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yet. time uh awesome so guys go check out uh indy falco on his channels uh do you have a twitter and other places people can check you out as well i do it's indy falco 64 on all of those places uh, Lucky. I, I think it's breath you thomas on instagram if you want to follow me on there though but i'll write it in chat 
<laughs> awesome. Uh, links will be in the description of the podcast episode. Um, if you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, of course, it'll also be in the description of the VOD. Um, and anyone that missed any of that, we'll also talk about it at the end of the show as well. But, uh, guys, are you just ready to get into it? We have We have some topics to talk about. Head first, just dive in. Just dive. Yeah, get in there. Should I do like my? Uh, should I just do like my best Philip DeFranco? Just what's up, you beautiful bastards? My name is Philip DeFranco, and let's just get into it. Uh, and by getting into it, we're going to talk about the Xbox Series X. Um, the announcement was made. It was re- uh, announced at uh, the Game Awards. Um, it was formerly known, uh, quite badassedly known as Project Scarlet. I think this is a downgrade in names. Just Project Scar- yeah, Project Scarlet sounded pretty gangster, honestly. It did. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they got to stick with branding of having shitty names for their consoles. Um, <laughs> hey, did you did you guys watch the trailer for this? I did. I I liked it. I thought it, I thought it looked good. Yeah, it uh, looked really really good. The trailer looked amazing. What do you think, India Falco? I'm not gonna lie, man. I didn't watch the trailer, uh. but. <laughs> The pro- <laughs> the product looks good. I mean, it's more powerful, so it's just all good things so far. Yeah, Except for the name. <laughs> yeah, we can, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the um, about the specs and stuff like that. But um, oh, someone just said update. This is friend of the show, Ned on air said uh, Microsoft confirmed it is just Xbox now, uh, and fuck that. <laughs> oh, they, they, how do you downgrade it? To- all right, sure, 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 yeah. sure. I mean, how do yeah. you name it the same as the old system? Yeah, <laughs> I think their intent is they're doing a, they're doing a fresh reboot of their line to make it simpler for future versions of stuff that they release. Hmm. So that way, it's not like that the Xbox, sense. the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, which is a confusing line of names, really. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that makes sense. Rip Scarlet. <laughs> Rip Scarlet. Um. <laughs> So here's just what I'm going to go with is I'm just going to refer to it as the Series X to avoid any sort of confusion uh, from on anything else. Uh, So for those who haven't seen it yet, uh, it is a small rectangular obelisk shape uh, box. So, you know, taller than it is wide. Um, A lot of people refrigerator. Yeah, people are calling. Yeah, uh, in the space, a lot of people have been calling it or saying it looks similar to the Corsair One PC, um, which apparently the Corsair One is like cooled with, uh, is, has like a built-in water cooler and maglev fan. Whoa! All right. Interesting. Yeah. So apparently, but uh, yeah, a lot of comparisons to the um, to the uh, Corsair One. Um, we didn't get. Uh, we do know that it's coming out in holiday uh, 2020 with the PS5, which makes sense. Yep. Um, we don't know an official price, but we do know some specs. And then, uh, so I can get into the specs. We know a little bit about the games that are coming out. Um, I made some notes on some things that I just haven't seen uh, anything really come out on uh, it. And then, like the PS. Uh, can do some uh, comparisons to the PS5 as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just go on ahead and start with the uh, specs. Uh, my sources on this for anyone that's curious is Newsweek, Games Radar, and IGN uh, are my uh, sources. 
So the Xbox Series X or Xbox fucking Microsoft uh, is going to have an eight core CPU at uh, about 2.5 gigahertz. It's going to have a customs graphics processor, which the claim from Microsoft is that it'll be twice as powerful as the current Xbox one X estimating that to be about 12 teraflops of graphical processing power. Um, it's going to have 16 gigs of Ram. Uh, it's going to have a custom non-volatile uh, memory express NVMe uh, SSD solid uh solid state storage drive which is nice because i believe the last i think all the xboxes have just had um a standard hard drive in it they hadn't quite upgraded to solid state yet right i think so yeah Yeah. ssd is that's a that's a big deal to me yeah that's a a big improvement Hmm. um so they've all had they've all had hard drives ever ever since the beginning yeah like it's gonna save a lot of space too Mm -hmm. it'll probably save some heat and everything too well, the NVMe is run hotter oh, than did I? normal solid state drives, so they're probably going to have to cool that really well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the specs as far as we know so far. Um, mm-hmm. IGN did an estimation based on uh, possible PC equivalents, and they're estimating this could possibly retail for about $600. Um, as opposed to the... Uh, what's the current price for the One X? Is that five hundred or? I think yeah. If you don't get it on any kind of sale, I think it re- retails for five hundred for a, a bundle of some sort. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just the console itself could be about six hundred dollars, is what IGN is estimating. Um. Of course, I mean, there's all sorts of ways that uh, Microsoft can cut costs on this. Um, you know, they're bulk ordering parts, uh, you know, some other different construction parts. We don't know officially. That's just an estimation coming from IGN is about Mm, $600. Um, games will probably have to run more expensive too. Then, I mean, to even produce something worth putting into something like that, you know, with the whole thing we were talking about last week with, you know, consoles having a whole different deal with publishing than PCs do it may end mm -hmm. up running them running them more yeah oh just real quick i saw this uh someone about the name the uh, the series xbox they could have called it the sex box thank you nast plays for <laughs> the pun um it's my sex box we don't know a bunch about the games um i think we could probably safely assume that the xbox game pass will probably be involved or be available uh which sven you are a big fan of i believe huge fan Yes, I'm a big, big fan of it. Um, there, was, there was one thing that uh, Phil Spencer said. Uh, customers will be able to play, quote, thousands of games across four generations of gaming. Um, so potential cross, uh, not cross-platform, I'm sorry, uh, potential um, backwards compatibility. And then, of course, there's, you know, things with the Xbox Game Pass um, and other uh, emulation and whatever else uh, will probably be available for it. Reports um, are coming in that it is going to be backwards compatible from day one. Oh, Excellent. that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Um, we do have two confirmed games, Halo Infinite, and um, I'm probably going to butcher this. Uh, Hellblade Se- 2. S- yes. Yeah, oh, Hellblade, Hellblade 2, 2. Senua's Sa- Sage? Saga. Right. Saga. Whoops, yeah. i yep. bad at taking notes. Senua's the Saga, Hellblade 2. Oh. The trailer um, for that game looks so 
good graphically. I, I cannot believe how impeccable that game looks, especially with Ninja Theory being an independent studio. Yeah. Uh, did you play Hellblade 1? Yes. How was that? It's it's amazing uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, one, the storytelling is fantastic. And two, um, it actually has an end. It's 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 looked at in favor upon those among like mental health advocacy groups because it actually portrays uh, paranoid schizophrenia in a very, very, very accurate light. Mm-hmm. And because uh, they, they brought in experts to actually discuss this and it, but it plays into um, like Norse culture. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, yeah, mm-hmm. this Norse girl that is, uh, I think she actually was Celtic, but uh, maybe it was when the Vikings raided anyway. Couldn't can't remember it, but uh, but yes, it um, it, it was impeccable. And if you haven't played it, it is definitely up there in my uh, highly, highly recommend list. Mm. And two is going to be so good, yeah. So, excited. uh, Green Indy, do you guys have thoughts or opinions on uh, the first Hellblade? I have never played it. Oh man, I am right there with him. I have never played it either. I've seen bits and pieces, mm-hmm. and it seems like you're almost playing a movie, but in the best possible way from from what I've been reading and been told. Uh, and the storytelling, yeah. uh, like Rev said, is is pretty outstanding from what I've been told as well. Um, I need to get around to it. I just, just haven't done it, man. But I want to. Mm-hmm. I remember when it yeah. came out, hearing uh, Total Biscuit talk about it on the Co-optional podcast, um, and he had a pretty raving review of it. So. Uh, it seems interesting. Um, I'll have to check and see where it's available and maybe try it out uh, beforehand. Um, Real quick, you can yeah. actually uh, you can actually get it on Steam right now for only ten dollars. It's on sale. Ooh, from, nice. Down from thirty. Yeah, uh, you can actually get the soundtrack bundle with it for only eleven dollars and sixty eight cents, which I also would recommend because the soundtrack probably worth is every penny. Good. Yeah, very much so. Nice um so that's what we know and of course project x cloud is probably in play here as well um and kind of depending on what's available there i'm kind of curious to see if google is making any moves in with the new consoles if they're going to make any sort of applications for stadia on the new ps5 or the uh, xbox series x um i'm kind of curious to see if that's going to be a thing or not um that still remains to be seen um some additional stuff there's going to be a new controller it's going to be compatible with pcs and xbox one x's um i didn't see anything right away for mouse and keyboard support uh i didn't see anything for the adaptive controller support which has me a little concerned so for those who don't know the adaptive controller is a uh series of accessories designed to offer uh disabled uh or differently abled depending on if we want to be politically correct or not differently abled uh gamers um multiple input options for the controller so buttons can be larger or smaller or easier to press or anything else um it usually runs about a hundred dollars and it comes with a bunch of different uh, components i'm curious to see if they're going to make that compatible or not i really hope they do so that's you know available for those customers right away uh, I, I would feel that they would just because xbox kind of sunk you know their money into that project themselves i i don't mm-hmm. see how they uh, why they would abandon it so I, estimates i think are that they would yeah like i don't see a reason why they wouldn't 
other than if they wanted to be kind of shitty and just be like, no, we have a new adaptive controller that's coming out that you're going to have to use. I don't want to be that cynical, but I also am not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it might be a thing. <laughs> I, right. I'm not known for not Maybe. being jaded. <laughs> um, uh, and if there's anything here that you guys did see, like in an article or anything like that, do do let me know. Um, I didn't see or hear anything about Xbox Connect at all either, which. It might just be too soon. It might just be too soon to like actually tell what they're gonna do. Yeah, they may even push like try to push for their own VR. Yeah, I I did see that Phil Spencer has talked specifically like that he isn't at this time interested in pursuing a VR. But I mean that that remains to be seen. If they're not gonna push that, I don't. I mean, you would think they would bring Mm -hmm. in the connect to at least some degree, but. I don't really know that many people that use a connect that often, even with, you know, the console players I know it's yeah, not really yeah. that popular of an item. They yeah. tried to push it hard about what, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, just didn't... I mean, when the Xbox one came out, it was bundled with like, you had to have a connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was very much a part of the Xbox one's marketing, uh, in design. Uh, when I, my family or when I had a 360, um, and you know, using the connect, it wasn't a great experience then. Um, now of course we're talking, you know, eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, uh, trying to use it. So who knows how that's going to really work out. And it's not going to surprise me if they just kind of ditch connect either, because it was not a popular item uh really to begin with with the xbox one uh i feel like i feel like vr is the smart way to go you know it's i mean it is just a flood coming in you know it's in a good way of course especially with horror games man people jump on those immediately whenever they see one of those release yeah hard no (laughs) (laughs) hard no (laughs) hard no no hard no big shooter (laughs) um yeah, was there anything else that you guys like noticed was missing or like any other additional details that you guys noticed uh, in any articles or No, I, I think they're they're just kind of keeping it super vague right now cuz it is, I mean, a full, you know, year before yeah. it comes mm-hmm. out if they're looking at holiday season next year. So they, mm-hmm. I I think it was literally just let's kind of give them a taste. Yeah. And then we'll make more announcements as they go. I am honestly very shocked that they released the trailer for Hellblade 2 so early. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we all knew a Halo title would come with it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how are you not? But, yeah, I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more stuff coming down the pipeline, so it doesn't necessarily mm. surprise me that they didn't put more out there yet. It yeah. kind of forces uh, Sony's hand as well, because uh, Sony's going to have to start releasing some stuff for PlayStation 5 eventually. Competition, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, I mean... You know, you were mentioning it's, you know, we're actually uh, 11 months away from the release, uh, but we still have E3 ahead of us, you know, any mm-hmm. sort of keynotes that are ahead of us, uh, potentially. Um, I mean, there's something in PAX because Xbox had a pretty strong presence there last year. Mm. So, we'll, I mean, if, if so, your boy got the inside scoop. 
um you guys already mentioned the ps5 there's a little bit of comparison that we can talk about here uh just some stuff that i saw um they're going to be using the same cpu uh or very similar cpus the amd uh zen 2 uh both their gpus are going to be using the same um navi architecture it's going to be a, a radeon uh, gpu with the uh, navi uh, architecture built into it hmm. um so they're going to be I, you know from a hardware standpoint they're going to be very similar machines um I'm kind of curious to see if one can pull tricks out more than the other in terms of performance, if there's going to be anything there, if it's going to be, um, you know, if they're, if they're going to do something with like the Ram or the hard drives or, uh, something in the services, maybe do some other streaming stuff with it. Um, Oh, one thing I did notice and I highly doubt this would be a thing. Um, but because a lot of people are kind of talking about how like this is going to be a PC, um, a PC, how they're kind of going like a PC route with it. Um, I didn't see any mentions <laughs> of running like a Linux, uh, or windows on it, which doesn't surprise me because typically that ends up being a security loophole. Um, famously the PS3, uh, you were able to run other OS, which was a, uh, Linux distro on the, um, PS3, but they, found that to be a uh, security flaw that was easily exploitable and they uh, took it out of the firmware uh, pretty early on in the PS3's uh, history. So I highly is, doubt that's going to be a thing. But Is that why PS3 had so many issues with like servers and everything like early on, like online play and stuff? Or is that Not sure. just PS? Because that was the one thing that uh, in like some of the more recent console wars that uh, PS3 or well ps4 actually more recently would have more issues with is you know the online play and servers and such and i i think what's really going to make or break xbox on this because it's kind of broke them in this one is they focus too heavily on trying to be an all entertainment console mm -hmm. and not a gaming console and <laughs> i think uh, i think if they can shift their focus back to the gaming aspect then that would help them because that's really the only thing that set them apart but it didn't do it in a positive way <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else uh, in terms of like comparison to PS5 or uh, any directions you think this will probably end up going? I really do hope that they learn their lesson and try not to make this into your cable box and your PC and your entertainment center all in one. Dude, we have a Roku. We don't need it. <laughs> right. Yeah. In most, a lot of TVs have smart capabilities built into them, web browsing cap capabilities built into them. Mm hmm. Um, the biggest thing that I am looking forward to seeing is like the subscription. Like mm -hmm. if they're going to continue doing this subscription, especially with the price of, if you're going to have it the price of a, a budget PC that you could build, um, you can play online games on on a PC for free. You don't have to pay any subscription fee for that. So that's what I'm interested in seeing on the, is if Xbox and PS like the PlayStation Five if they um, do continue with the subscription service if they're gonna lower the price or continue the price. I, that's that's what I'm looking out for. Mm -hmm. I'd be shocked it's if actually, they lowered it. That's actually an interesting I, point because with Game Pass Ultimate, they they bundled it together with your Xbox Live and made it comparatively cheaper because it was twenty bucks total for the two, and they dropped it to fifteen to bundle them together. They may continue that trend. Yeah, I I would expect them to. That's been a 
from what I've understood, that's been a very lucrative program for them. Um, which well, it, it's definitely going to be lucrative for them because <laughs> I mean, 100%. You're, if you're selling a a budget framed uh, video game player, everything of course is going to uh, be stopped after you make that initial purchase. So once once that initial purchase is out of the way, Microsoft isn't making any more money. So, I mean, if you make it to where you can only play with your friends, if you pay $50 a year, of course they're going to take that route. Yeah. I mean, that, that monthly income, that's that's good stuff, man. Companies yeah. love that. I mean, with streaming services and alike, it's becoming more and more of a, a mainstream kind of way to make that monthly revenue for companies. Mm-hmm. If they if they lowered it, I'd be shocked. But I mean, I'll hope for the best, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see where, because um, you're just kind of talking the the streaming and the subscription service. Where the X Cloud is going to fit into this. Um. That's that's my big kind of question mark is, you know, are they going to focus on how, how is X Cloud going to play into this? Are they going to just run it as an app? Are they going to run it as a whole service? Are they going to run you know, it's there's a big question mark there and especially how it's going to operate on this. And maybe, you know, we don't see as big of uh, hard, um, you know, hardware upgrades in the, that we could potentially see. Um, I mean, we already know the hardware, but, you know, maybe in the future we don't see that. I'm also going to apologize. I'm kind of getting distracted by the fact that a train is uh, running by my house. Um, <laughs> any, I feel that pain. <laughs> um, any other thoughts or opinions or like questions you guys have on the Xbox Series X right now? You know what I would like to see in a console? Interchangeable parts. They would make so much money if they had it to where you could, uh, like, let's say you buy the Xbox Series X and the GPU is it's on its own separate bay tray and you could actually pull that out and replace it with a, uh, a GPU that comes out the next year and custom fabricate like a GPU like that and have it easily accessible to pull out. I think they could like keep the longevity of the console while also still making a lot of money. That's what I would like to see. That'd be that'd be interesting uh, for some of the the console owners too, because that'd be more in their budget instead of buying a whole new console later on. They could just incrementally upgrade only to what they feel like they need. So that's that's exactly. a, yeah, man. I think that'd be a smart move for everybody. I'm, I'm Tony, if you're listening, pitch it. Wrap <laughs> it up. I'm I'm curious about that just from a because that's been a having the hardware has been a source of security uh for uh a lot of companies um there's a lot of great videos on on like ps1 piracy uh and a part of the of the protection that was in the uh ps1 or the ps2 i don't remember which i'm sorry uh was like a region locked sensor where uh like grooves in the disc or like uh specific stuff in the data was region specific that only your region specific reader or your region specific card could read and so if you got a cracked version of that you could get uh region locked games to play on your device uh so i see that actually i i highly doubt it just because all the hardware aspects of it are like tied or are potentially still tied to piracy prevention um so that's 
good. The biggest thing with that though is like the the GPU that the new Xbox is running is a mm. completely custom made GPU by AMD. Mm. So it's not it's not like it's a 2080 Ti that's slapped with the Xbox sticker on it. Yeah, it's all custom fabricated and custom made. So that's where I'm seeing if if they're if they're going to the actual full custom made pieces mm-hmm. that they should be able to you know plan it out to where if they want to keep the longevity of the console to have it at least interchangeable but then yeah. again a lot of companies don't want longevity in a console yeah if it's that's the not, biggest thing it's not good for that money man maybe they don't maybe it's not in their interest but not to say you're greedy but you know they got to do their thing yeah got a business model somewhere yeah but, it's hard to but, fault uh, companies for wanting to make money there, oh, yeah. there are ways to to take a proprietary design, though. I mean, even tiny things like just changing the, the pin shape of what it normally plug into versus a PC component. I mean, you could automatically knock that off the list and someone would have to get to some really weird engineering to get it to fit right. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, or they could just, you know, change where the pins are, but it still comes out to the same thing. Like there's yeah. proprietary things, steps they can do if they really want to lock it down. Uh, or they could be jerks like Mac and just solder everything into one solid block. You know, <laughs> solder everything, <laughs> throw some glue in uh, there. I'm not salty. I'm not salty. <laughs> <laughs> just throw some glue and in there. That's why I'm talking about interchangeability mm-hmm. with the like upgrading in the future because graphics cards and, and computer tech comes out yearly. Yeah. So And, and yeah. you look at having a console for 8 to 10 years and – you know, then you have to upgrade when the newest line of, you know, going from a 360 to an Xbox One. Whereas you could keep that, you know, that original console, that original CPU, and just interchange those parts as needed each year. And they'll still be making money each year and then still release the new line of, with just like the CPU. Mm-hmm. Like when that, when CPUs become top of the line, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's still. A chance for them to make money yearly while also you know still being able to release something that's new every eight to ten years mm-hmm. yeah they really squeeze out those pennies mr green can we just like go to microsoft right now and just get this yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna i call. see a future here <laughs> i got gates on my on my speed dial i'll give him a ring perfect <laughs> going. new business partners let's go <laughs> cool well that's uh the xbox series x uh announcement um there's a lot of sources and a lot of chatter on that so you guys can find your own and if uh, we missed anything feel free to tweet at me uh call me names in, in the dms and all that stuff that's perfectly fine um i wanted to do something kind of fun and talk about because this is the last show of the year for us as well as the last show of the decade um because we are, of course, going into 2020. That's how years work. Um, <laughs> so I figured we talk about our uh, decade in games uh, and just kind of give like our top five, um, our top five games of the of the decade um, for whatever reasons that we wanted to pick them for. Right? There's, I don't think I didn't set any rules for us uh, to determine our our top five games. Um, I kind of gave myself some rules and like what I thought would be mine and i have some justifications um are like games that absolutely like just took the world by storm or games that had lasting um consequences 
or um, lasting influences for the last decade. So if you guys don't mind, I'll go with my with my number five pick. Then we'll go green, indie, Sven, back to me. Um, my number five pick was Overwatch. Um, I say that because it has probably had one of the biggest influences on esports. Um, it took what was already a huge spectacle event uh, for you know games like LOL and StarCraft II, Dota II, CS:GO. Um, Overwatch made it more accessible, made it accessible for non-PC gamers and non-core gamers, and also gave it uh, some sort of regional legitimacy rather than just some, like, clubs playing against each other. On top of just, like, the amount of copycats that came out around Overwatch or very similar games that came out at the same time that took from Overwatch, that's my number five pick. It came out in 2013. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it didn't. It came out in 2016. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Bad at notes, I guess. But that was my uh, number five <laughs> pick. Uh, Green Elite, what's your number five pick? Um, my number five pick is going to be a pretty obvious one for anyone who watches me. Um, it's the Destiny series, uh, which originally came out in 2014. Um, I'm including both of them as a bundle. Um, and, the, and the reason why is it's... Bungie's first game that's came out um, mainstream after they split with Microsoft and and signed with Activision and became them. <clears throat> and the biggest thing for me is the games themselves have had a lot of uh, very deep, strong storytelling. Um, and, and, like, the story itself is extremely well done. Like, I've never seen a game that had, like, such an intertwined and mass like backstory and even even ga like if uh, story parts that are not even like relevant to the actual story itself there's like huge branches of stuff that go go off and it's a, it's an all around a good game awesome uh indy what's your number five uh mine at number five is probably going to be man this is a really tough choice i had like 20 something picks um but i'm going to go with below and this is a little indie game that really just kind of instills, I know that sounds weird, but it kind of instills that loneliness. It makes you feel alone in this tiny little island that you get stranded on. And you're just stuck in this adventure of trying to get off of this angry island. And there's mystical and very dark forces at work preventing you from leaving. And it's just, you go so deep in the game and there's so much mystery and there's combat combat's really well done but it's tricky you have to be careful there's traps i mean it's very deadly it's a roguelike uh first thing um the the graphics are beautiful they're a little rigid but i kind of like that style um it's kind of think of it as like um like if you took astroneer and maybe like lowered the polygon down uh count just a little bit but you had that that beautiful shading and solid colors and lighting uh, not as bright, because it's a depressing game. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Think if Link were stuck on a very dark island, and the only way to go out is to go deeper into the island into who knows what at the end. So, mm -hmm. uh, But it's very challenging, and it's just um, it's just a very beautiful indie game. Uh, so I think that's that's my number five. And it came out in 2018, so it's actually not too far back. Yeah. Uh, Padre. I didn't write down years. Uh, if I was talking about years, but, <laughs> he's giggling uh, quick. That's fine. fine. <laughs> uh, uh, 
my my number five is actually um it's actually going to be Skyrim. Um, oh, just yeah. it, more because of its influence on sh on, on like streaming communities. Mm. Um, I I haven't seen a game hold up so well. You know, with all the mods and everything, people have a lot of fun with it. But you know, the Elder Scrolls series in in itself has been pretty popular over the years. But I have not seen a game kind of hold its popularity and still be somewhat obscure to certain people as skyrim um mm -hmm. so that's i mean more than anything mine my reasoning for picketing is because of how relevant it still is to streaming communities mm -hmm. i don't have a whole lot to say about it but that's that's my reason <laughs> say i skyrim's on my list i'll talk about my reasons later but nice uh, um yeah, i haven't actually played a ton of skyrim i just i i see the effects and the influence so it's like oh yeah um my number four is Fortnite. um it's probably one of the biggest cultural artifacts of the decade um it's basically dominated uh <laughs> the discourse around video games for two and a half years right it came out in 2017 it started as a flop and then it took that battle royale and just continued to dominate it's launched celeb massive celebrity careers um it's, it, you know, generated millions and millions of dollars in revenue for Epic creators, esports. I, if you don't look at Fortnite and say that is a top game for the decade, right? Regardless of what you actually think of it, because I hate it. I hate the game. I don't like playing it. <laughs> but I have to admit <laughs> that it is one of the most successful games of the decade. Yeah. So, Yeah. Also, I'm going to apologize. I don't have the windscreen on uh, my mic, and I'm going to apologize for all the wind that I just generated on the mic. Um, Green, what is your number four? I should probably mention that my whole list is very selfish. Uh, it's games that <laughs> I, I personally liked through the decade. But my number four is Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which came out in 2013. It's the fourth. Yeah, the fourth technically or fifth i'm not sure uh, well it came out yeah it came out after uh assassin's creed 3 i think the next year but they took a lot of elements from assassin's creed 3 um but they also added in the element of actually steering ships and i feel like sea of thieves stole that from them uh, we're not gonna talk about that though <laughs> but it, the gameplay was so good the story was phenomenal uh, you could live out your fantasy of being a pirate, but not a Yar Yar pirate. You know, it's like it looked so good for the time, um, and it it was just a well-rounded game for me. Uh, I, of course, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed uh, fan. I have it tattooed on my skin, so that's kind of a has to make my top five. <laughs> has to. Awesome. Uh, Indy. Okay, so I think my number four uh, is going to be Risk of Rain 2. Um, now, the first Risk of Rain was very side-scrolly, except, you know, I mean, doesn't go one direction, you go either way. Uh, I don't know what the proper term is. But uh, very kind of has that that very heavily pixelated look to it. Uh, and it was, it was a very challenging roguelike and very unforgiving. Tons of items. Everything was basically RNG, and it was just beautiful. The music was beautiful. I love it. Love the soundtrack. And then they came out of Risk of Rain 2, which I was actually really 
very hesitant uh, and almost completely deterred until one of my buddies played it. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll give this weird looking cell shaded crap a try. <laughs> Uh, and, I, and I was worried it was going to just destroy the Risk of Rain series because it just it just it was such a weird jump from 2D side scrolling to fully 3D cell shaded fast action. Like it was crazy. And it it by far is one of my favorites that I keep coming back to. Um, and I've met a lot of people playing it and it's so much fun with multiplayer as well. And they're still adding items and characters. And I don't know if they've added any relics except that they're getting there. But again, still tons of items, RNG. It's just a blast fest in that game. It starts off slow and it gets absolutely insane. Uh, no one's PC has crashed from it that I know of, but it is it is grinded to a you know a halt because there's so many enemies or objects or even on the strongest PCs, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah. it is a very 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 fun roguelike uh, that I really really love. Um, man. I just I just feel like for the challenge rating and the chaoticness, it's it's perfect for any kind of indie game. It's a really good example. Um, I think that's all I have for that one. Yeah. Cool. And anyone that's curious about Risk of Rain, uh, when Ren was on the show, we did have a review of it. Um, so you guys can scroll back through uh, the history of the show and uh, find it. Uh, Padre, you're number four. All right. Number four is going to be a little bit more of a selfish pick for me. Um, it's Rocket League. Um for mostly because I've it's the only game that I sit and constantly play on my own without streaming you know as a family man father or two I don't get a whole lot of gaming time outside of when I'm streaming but when I do I'm usually playing Rocket League um but the reason that it's made my list not just because of it being you know a fun game for me and one of the only games I play on my own is with it being cross-platform between everything um I get to I, I get to play with all my friends. Being stuck on Xbox doesn't limit me like it does on, on other stuff. Uh there was one night where we were doing four V4s with just a bunch of friends, and there was uh me on Xbox, we had a friend on PS4, one on PC, and one on Switch, and we were all playing on the same team at the same That's time. Amazing. So oh, it's so so much fun. So for the community aspect of it, the goofy game modes they bring up and all the cosmetics uh, that you can get to make your car look cool. Um, it's it's definitely up there for me. I mean, of course, once you get your skill level up, you get all the fun acrobatics and it becomes super competitive. Uh, not me. Um, <laughs> it it's just b between the community and the fact that it's just one of my most fun games to play, and not to mention matchmaking on it is so quick for an online game. I don't think I've ever played a game where the matchmaking is so lightning fast. Um, so for those reasons, number four is going to be Rocket League. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> Good on. Yeah, yeah, hey, sure. that sounds familiar. <laughs> um, my reasons are, are a bit different. Uh, Sven was talking about it being, you know, big for the streamer community. It was actually, to me, really big for the modding community. A lot of prob indie developers probably got their start just modding Skyrim and learning how to do things in Skyrim. Um, of course, you know, it's also a game that's been released 30 different times in this last decade let's get the <laughs> ultimate edition oh look a new you know nintendo switch oh we gotta get this for vr um mm -hmm. <laughs> oh there's ray tracing let's get one for age i don't even know if that actually happened but i'm sure it did um so i mean it just it made a lot of it, a lot of people started out with with 
uh, you know, modding Skyrim. You know, I've played an entire game that was just a Skyrim mod. Um, and I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of, you know, it being released multiple times and just a lot of people uh, really getting their hands on it uh, in this decade probably puts it in one of the top 10, uh, at least the top, at least the top 10, probably top five of the decade. Um, so that's my number three pick. Uh, Green, you're number three. My number three is going to be The Last of Us, uh, which was a, uh, it's a PlayStation exclusive, um, released in 2013, and they are actually coming out with a part two, I think, next year. Uh, the reason why I decided to pick this is because not only was the gameplay fantastic, but the story was an act, like a real tearjerker. That game was so easy to fall into. Um, you could suspend your disbelief. Um, it took a whole new take on the zombie aspect of games. Um, and, and it just, I have never gotten more depressed playing a game than the last of us. Cause there were just points where it's just like, it killed me inside hard. So <laughs> easily my top, my, my third. So. Just real sad boy hour over there. Oh God, yes. It, it, oh, they make those remember... characters very lovable. And oh it's just, God, it's hard, dude. You don't want to let go of them. You just, you feel that struggle, man. Yeah, I was playing with my roommate. Um, at, uh, we got off of work when we were working second shift, and we played until about five o'clock in the morning. And we got to a certain part, and we both just sat there, set the controller down, and we're just sitting there like staring, dead eyes into the TV, and we're like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like we had to do some soul searching after that. So <laughs> it is that's how of... solid that game is. Um, Indy, you're number three. The last of us, such a good choice, man. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> so my number three, I'm not going to lie. All mine are just kind of selfish picks, but I mean, I'm mostly into indie gaming. So it's mm. kind of hard to, to pick an indie game that like revolutionizes how games are really. Um, but I think this one's, this one's a pretty damn good example, at the very least, of a near-perfect stamp of how any kind of roguelike indie game should probably ever be, um, but Dead Cells. Uh, Dead Cells is by far one of my favorite roguelike games. There's all sorts of crazy speedrunning in it. It's all RNG between the levels, the items you get, things you unlock. Um, you have to be tactical about your choices of what you do unlock, and then pray that an update doesn't destroy your combo. That's, that was unfortunate for me recently. Uh, they took away my dual wielding of uh, two knives. I was really disappointed. Oh, so much fun. Uh, but um, just the art alone in it, absolutely stellar, man. I mean, there's, there's, I think there's three different layers, basically, of, of like a background, a foreground, and then, you know, your main piece. And just the pixel art in it is just, man, it is spot on. Not, it's not the best I've seen, but it is like, it's number two for me out of everything I've seen so far. Uh, and the challenge is insane. It goes from like, I mean, grandma mode to there's, I don't know how anybody could possibly do this unless you're secretly a robot. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but there's lots of weapon choices. It's not multiplayer is the only downside. Uh, but I definitely recommend this one. I don't care what price it was. They could price it at $70. I would still purchase it. Um, <laughs> but this is, this is one of my favorites. It's very hack and slash, or you can do a ranged aspect or, you can go full bombs or do some weird invisibility stuff. I mean, there's all sorts of choices. Uh, and it has a very 
kind of a Dark Souls feel to it because there's a lot of inspiration drawn from the Dark Souls series, especially the art. Mm-hmm. Um, God, Dead Souls is amazing, though. But yeah, that's that's mine for sure. Awesome. Padre. Um, mine is going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to pull a page out of uh, Green's book here and go with a series, actually, of uh, Life is Strange. Mm. Oh. Um, for Because it's like a fair balance of all the things that we're trying to do with these lists. Um, one, it's very close to my heart, and it was a tearjerker for me, um, especially in the second one. The second one really had its moments, but it was the first game I played that had such a good twist in it that I physically like went like, Oh my God, you know, but on top of that, it's developed such like kind of a cult following that, you know, you see people, um, you know, just not even cosplaying as characters from, it, but just purposely dressing and dyeing their hair to look like them because they're just such identifiable characters. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the dialogue can be a little, you know, cheesy and campy from time to time, <laughs> but it's inevitable. Uh, it, it's going to happen, but if the game itself, uh, both of them, you know, and then even the prequel to Life is Strange 1 and Life is Strange 2, which uh, is Before the Storm and Captain Spirit, are really good at setting the stage for what's to come. And just the storytelling and the writing itself in those um, was fantastic. And the, the sheer emotion they pull out of you, I almost threw my controller at the end of Before the Storm. I mean, it was, I was so mad, but it uh, uh so the cultural impact it's had and i want to say it's don't nod studios that actually made it square enix just helped distribute it so i think it actually even classifies as an indie game to, i mean technically and it's just it, it's short enough where you can get you know run through it pretty quick and still get the full effect of everything so for those reasons got life is strange one and two uh big thing i want to mention about that is uh on playstation Plus, there's an end-of-the-year sale, and for the Storm and the first, the complete first season of, uh, or the complete season of the first game is on sale right now for $3.99 each on PlayStation. Oh, wow. For Life is Strange. Worth the pickup. I'll say that. If you have a PlayStation, definitely do it. Uh, um, my fiance picked him up, and she's playing him right now, so I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so number two, it, people are gonna probably think this is really weird. Uh, my number two pick is Armor Three. It came out in 2013, and uh, the reason I say Armor Three is the is my number two pick for the decade um, is simply just the mods and the um, and the games that spawned off of the mods for, from Armor Three. Uh, one of the most notable ones is Daisy, right? Daisy yeah. started as a as a mod, um, which that was a fun one. Start, I mean, H one Z one and Seven Days to Die, you know, respond off of that, or were inspired by that, or were direct direct responses to that. Um, Unturned was a is a free to play uh, Daisy type game that's done in a voxel style. Um, PUBG has its roots in Arma 3, which PUBG became a cultural juggernaut or a gaming juggernaut when it was released, and it still very much is, and spawned several people's careers. Um, so, like, Arma 3, not that many people probably play it, really, you know? But the the modding community around it and the games that came from 
uh, being able to mod Mar Arma 3 and use Arma 3 as a base have been way more influential and way more important than <laughs> um, a lot of other games in the decade. So that's my, that's my reasoning for choosing Arma 3 as my number two pick. Um, Green, what's your number two pick? My number two pick is Battlefield 3 from 2011. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so the reason why I picked this one is because it came out on the newly released Frostbite 2 engine. Okay. Um, and it's way better than Arma. Fight me. <laughs> um, no, the reason why I'm picking this one is because I've spent many, many hours in Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4. But the reason why I'm picking Battlefield 3 over Battlefield 4 is because Battlefield 4 was just a refreshed version of Battlefield 3 for the most part. Mm. Um, and it was a good while before Battlefield 2 that Battlefield 3 actually came out. And to this day, Battlefield 3 servers are still up. And you can still play Battlefield 3. Um, at the time of 2011, there was not a lot of games that were doing um, mass counts of players on top of uh you know destructible areas destructible buildings in the game so to that it, just that advancement from battlefield 2 and battlefield bad company to battlefield 3 was such a huge jump and i think a lot of <clears throat> companies saw that and what they could actually do with technology these days or at that time and it really stepped up their game for future uh, games like <clears throat> like Fortnite, you know, in the building. And I know Modern Warfare took a lot of stuff from that and, like, tried to duplicate it in, in certain ways with the changing in the map and stuff like that and introducing night maps and stuff like that. It's, it, at that time in 2011, it was just groundbreaking from what they brought in. That's a big deal, man. That's some That was some serious tech that changed things a lot. Yeah. Uh, plus, it had ground war, and you could also be in a vehicle, um, be in a plane, be in a helicopter, all that stuff going on mm -hmm. in, 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 in that large area, and it's you're still playing one game. Yeah. Uh, Indy, your number two pick. My number two. So this is, this is really tough for me, but... So this game actually recently won, uh, I think, a narrative award, which it absolutely deserves. I mean, it is that narrative is thick. I'm talking like four or five, six C's on the end of that. I mean, it's crazy. Um, but it's Disco Elysium. And Disco Elysium is essentially a game about where you're this. I think I think is it French. I'm not sure. I think you're a French detective. I might be wrong. Uh, but you're some kind of detective, and you're a really, really crappy one for sure. Think of the bummiest, most alcoholic, uh, rage-induced by alcoholism kind of detective you can possibly imagine. At mm. least, <laughs> at least that's how um, it definitely starts off. Um, but it's really cool because you have a bunch of different. I, I think your body is divided into like six main senses, uh, and essentially each of those are divided further into four more categories or, or maybe it was four no four main senses and then six more categories for each like part of your body essentially um and what's really cool is that through the narrative besides the normal I, I know you guys are used to like talking to npcs you get a little bit of the personality whatever 
very, very, uh, it's about as deep as it goes for most games. This one is really crazy because you're basically in a constant narrative with your body, but it's all like, it's all like a translation of your subconscious communication between body parts effectively, but it gives them dialogue, right? And like, you can have your spine basically talking shit to you, calling you a coward, or your liver saying, hey, bitch, drink that alcohol. Like, it is, it's so bizarre. It is crazy, dude. Um, but beyond that aspect, uh, you're a detective, you do the typical detective work, there's a lot of um, clues to be found, and it kind of has the, um, uh, that, that CRPG feel to it, like, where you get a certain stat high enough, I'm trying to think of it, like a divinity aspect to it, where you get, like, your perception high enough, and then, boom, you can spot this false door behind this boarded up whatever, and you might be able to pry it open if you have enough strength. Uh, and you have actual rolls and stuff. And I think instead of going like by like a 1d20, it does like a 2d6 kind of thing. And double sixes is like always a success, basically. Um, so it's got like a D&D like backbone structure to it as far as deciding your fate kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and to top that off, it's the artwork in it. It's a very still background, and you, but you have three-dimensional characters. So that it's kind of like a Resident Evil 2 game in a way, but <laughs> way more updated. Uh, but the background is this just beautiful mix of like an oil painting or like a watercolor kind of thing. And it's very precisely done. And all of it's pretty much like that. And, and a lot of the art in the game that isn't related to characters in general is the same fashion. And it is, oh my God, it's beautiful. Um, the game is extremely dialogue heavy. I have not run into combat at all so far. In fact, I actually died from sitting in a chair once. And the other time I died... I know this is going to sound weird. There's a lot of story behind this. We can talk about it later. But I died from trying to take a swing at a really snot-nosed little kid. I mean, he was a real piece of work, man. He knew words that no kid should ever use. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was not a good child. Um, but I had a heart attack. I essentially missed and fell to my death. So it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a super weird game. Uh, but it's totally worth looking into. Uh, it's worth every penny in my book, especially if you love narrative. Dude, he's got narrative for like a straight decade. Crazy. Uh, and it also goes over, um, there's a lot of communism and socialism aspects that you get to actually kind of experience in like revolutionary kind of things. Uh, when I say revolutionary, I mean like an actual revolution. Um, and it's, it's, it's so good, dude. And the voices are so good too. They didn't voice everything, but when they do have those voices, man, they just, mm. They are on point. It's very well put together. So, so that's that's my pick, and I think that was from 2019. But it's whew, beautiful game, beautiful. Game. Yeah, uh, Padre, your number two pick. All right, I'm gonna catch some flack for putting this this high up on the list, but number two is going to be Fortnite. Um, I myself don't play Fortnite. Um, I gave it a shot because of uh, some things, but let me explain. So one, it it kind of revolutionized a lot of gaming in the decade and in, in the sense that you know it, it took a first person shooter and added this quick like flick of the wrist gaming element and while overwatch did do a lot for the esports um the esports um world so did fortnite you know fortnite with with it's brought a lot of eyes even from outside the gaming industry you know i mean it's made news headlines and, and such um but one of the things that really set it apart for me was the switch to chapter two, because I had zero interest in Fortnite altogether 
until the black hole happened. And then that was even somebody like me who was, you know, I was pretty much anti-Fortnite for the longest time. I was that guy that, you know, tried it a couple of times, did horribly, and was like, ah, yeah, no, no, F this game, it's for kids, whatever. And then the black hole incident happened, and I'm sitting here looking like, what is going on? Then they started throwing numbers out. I'm like, what is happening? Like, the intrigue alone had me paying attention and I had zero interest before then. And then the black hole thing happened. They changed the map. They went to chapter two. They had the really cool trailer that went with it and everything. I was like, all right, I'm going to give it another go. And that was when they did something super smart in the uh, in the idea that they knew they were going to draw a lot of people in for either the first time or the first time in a long time. And they threw you in that first match with literally all bots, so you were almost guaranteed to win, almost. Um and when you get that first taste of victory, uh, I guess who might just come back for more. And I ended up like actually playing Fortnite for a solid week after that horribly. Um, <laughs> but but that's why Fortnite is on my list because of just the different factors that you know it, it brought eyes to the esports stage. It you know it one it was in my opinion probably one of the biggest cross platform free to play games out there. Um, and then the intrigue of the way they handled the event and they've been, and then they've been telling stories in the background every season that went, or like, yeah, every season that would go by, they would tell these little stories in the background of things that were happening. Mm -hmm. So there was just, they did so many things so well. And I mean, you can run the game on a potato. It just, it, a lot of things factored in, but Fortnite's going to be my number two. Awesome. Uh, time for number one. Uh, my number one is Minecraft. Um, Oh, <laughs> I, have, I Padre, you look salty. Same. <laughs> so here's my reasons for, and I actually love Minecraft. Uh, I still play Minecraft on on the regular. Um, it first off became a cultural juggernaut when it was released in 2011. Uh, you know, it, it's been massive the entire decade almost. Um, it's used as a creative tool. It's used as an educational tool. Um, it's, it also set off a flurry of knockoff survival games that became popular in their own right. I mean, think about like rust or, uh, seven days to die. Um, you know, Fortnite was supposed to be a survival game. Um, you know, the save the world edition. Um, yeah. I mean, how could you not look at this decade and, to me, how could you not look at this decade and just say for uh, uh, Minecraft uh, wasn't the number one game of the decade? Um, Green Elite, your turn. I'm going to pull something straight out of my soul from when I was a teen. I'm going to go with Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Nice. Um, simply because it was the last game before Call of Duty really started to suck. Uh, the the gameplay was great. Uh, it was my biggest thing was the extras that they added. They added the league play to it, um, which wasn't heard of in a Call of Duty game until then. Um, the extra games, other than multiplayer, like the uh, sticks and stones, one in the chamber, um, all these different varying gameplay modes that you don't normally see in in a game that was strictly team deathmatch or control or you know stuff like that and on top of that the story which continued from the first one and actually felt like a call of duty story and then 
can't forget zombies. So I I put sank many hours as a teen playing that game. Um, me and my cousin, who were like essentially brothers, um, we spent so much time in, into the night playing that game, and it it was one of those games that never felt like it ever got old. Mm-hmm. Frustrating, but never got old. Okay, uh, indie, you're number one for the decade. Man, this is uh, this is such a hard choice. So. Maybe this is crazy. I don't know, but I'm gonna have to go with Destiny Two. Um, honest to God, <laughs> they're just doing such a good job. It's such a fun game. I love it, dude. What's ironic is I don't even play it right now, but I still love it, and I want to go back, and I probably will, like with the next month. But Destiny Two, when it first started out, was—I mean, it was pretty good for a base game, man. Um, they made a few mistakes along the way. It was some disappointment. And they started picking back up. They got away from Activision and all that stuff. It's And it just seems to be getting better and better and better. It's a very unique feeling um, first-person shooter. And I just, I can't, there's no, I haven't found another game that really feels like it, unless you guys can recommend one. But there's, beyond that, just that weird, like, Halo, I don't know, crossed with Star Wars, crossed with I don't know what, uh, kind of aesthetic to it. Um, and the story and all the lore and stuff it's it's i love the social aspects of it like even the even down to like all the different emotes and stuff you can do and designs you can do for your armor and your guns and whatever the customization all that stuff i love those i love options man uh but for a first person shooter it's i love it dude it just it keeps you coming back um and i think it's just kind of doing its own thing and leading its own path and starting to kind of just stay really unique you know um my my honorable mention though was was Children of Morta. That was my <laughs> so I was torn, man. I love that game because that narrative is so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for me, man. Padre, your number one pick for the decade. Minecraft. <laughs> what are your for, reasons? For literally most of those same reasons, except for the fact that I have never once played it. Um, uh, no, it's it's been oh. it it's one of the because here's the first thing. There has not been a game more influential in this decade released outside of this decade because technically it was released in 09. And and so it's like to see the cultural impact that it's had and the long, longevity of its cult following has been absolutely ridiculous. It's I mean, and we're talking generations of people like this isn't just a game that, you know, is for a target audience like like we could say. Why a lot of while a lot of people play Fortnite, you know, it's targeted kind of more towards like the esports or, you know, younger teen audience or you know in that area type of thing. Minecraft has everyone. I mean, there are people in their sixties that play it religiously, all the way down to my five year old son who is in love with it, yep. and it spawned you know the Netflix Choose Your Own Adventure series that they have, where you can actually go in and watch the little Minecraft video and choose your own adventure in there. Um, it's just it, it, again the whole the whole thing behind it has just been absolutely mind boggling, and again, all these others were released, you know. Most of them, at least a few years into the decade, or at least a couple. This one was, I mean, it was May 17th, 2009. That's why I actually debated even putting it on the list. But it was so late in 09 that, you know, 
obviously couldn't have that much of an impact in six months, even though it did kind of have a pretty huge impact out the gate. But I mean, it's been so culturally impactful that even when Fortnite came out, people were calling it Minecraft with guns. That was like that was the the goofy nickname people gave it. So for those reasons, um, more than any other, the longevity of the cult following Minecraft is my actual number one pick, which is surprising because I have never played it. I just want to add to that. Um, I think that just the the technology of of Minecraft back when it was you know just Java or whatever, and it just just constantly randomly generating all this stuff as you went along. Mm-hmm. I think that really turn the tides on a lot of games a lot of different genres because they try to do that with their games too and i think not that it's like the first one to do it probably but it just that's just where it kind of seemed to have caught on and got all the all those eyes on that game because it was just so popular Mm. so fun um so i think that was a really cool technology that really spun off of that acted like a catalyst i guess yeah i will say uh we should probably have a spin-off episode where mr green elite and indy falco just talk about destiny 2 all day <laughs> oh my god yeah we, we, we just mute our mics danny and we just watch <laughs> we it, he literally poked my heart when he said destiny 2 <laughs> <laughs> um so that's our decades in uh games uh we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh a little, some small discussions and a little bit of news. Um, so stick around, guys. We'll be uh, right here, and we'll be back in. Whoops, uh, there it is. And we'll be back in just a minute. Just in time, Indy. Boom. There we go. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. All right, guys. Thank you for letting us take that break. Um, so we have some. Uh, Kind of smaller discussions I wanted to have real quick. Um, let me get uh, the next topic up here. Um, Rocket League update. We talked about Rocket League last week. Um, and I <laughs> we got fairly called out in my Discord by Scott of Budget Arcade. Um, so shout out to uh, Elliot, Jeff, and Scott of the Budget Arcade podcast. Guys, go check them out. We've had uh, sh- uh, episodes with Scott. Or I'm not, sorry, not Scott. Um, Jeff and Elliot in the past. So go check out those past episodes as well. Um, and so Scott called us out and he said, why didn't we explicitly talk about the fact that the new Rocket League update removed gambling, right? In the past, we have railed on uh, loot boxes as gambling, Um why didn't we talk about that? So let's talk about it now. Um, right. So they removed the loot box system in favor of a direct purchase system. Correct, Sven? Correct. Um, this is what we've been wanting for a while, right? This is what gamers have been wanting for a while. And I actually think, I mean, the move is good. I, my only my only criticism is the pricing of mm-hmm. of the items. I mean, do you guys feel like this is a step in the right direction? Should other publishers and developers look at this and be like, this is a good idea. Let's do this. What do you guys think? That was good. We'll go with green. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That was my stance from the beginning when I heard that they were dropping the loot crates was that it's phenomenal that they're getting rid of them Mm -hmm. because in loot crates in general, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of the loot crate system. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when it it comes to a game that you could actually sell items that you own to other players. 
mm-hmm. um, because then it does, you know, in my eyes, officially become a form of gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest concern when we when we covered it last week was the fact that um, the amount of time that it took to grind out for the blueprints seemed a little unfair. Um, but in in essence, the loot crates. I, I'm hoping other companies see that the blueprint style is effective, and that still re- remains to be seen. But if it is successful and it's something that is, people are like, yeah, this is fantastic. This is great. I'm hoping other companies follow suit um, because I I just loot crates in general just are an un- unnecessary cash grab in my in my thought process. Yes, I understand companies do need to make their money on top of, you know, uh, rising costs of operating while somewhat how mysteriously keeping AAA games at $60. You know, that's not the, the gripe I have with, with with the loot crates in general. It's it's just, I, I don't, I've just never been a fan. Mm-hmm. It just seems like an unnecessary risk to possibly get what you want. Mm-hmm. Um Sven. What are your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think the do you think it was a step in the right direction overall? Yes, I I now I did I stated last week that that was the one positive that I I could look at it, you know, when I was doing the whole devil's advocate thing is that now you don't have to run the risk of getting the crappy stuff you don't want anymore. Um one thing I will say is that the cost of credits of things have gone down. Um, not the black market stuff, which is like your super top of the top top. That stuff still costs the same, which is understandable. But the next tiers down have actually significantly dropped from what I, I had seen the first day when I had turned it on. Um, now it's like you can get your uh, exotic and import items for only you know 700 credits instead of 1,600, um, which you can you can get several of those in a season you know you can get Mm -hmm. probably three or four import items so that's good um i would like to see them be able to do something if if, because i have so many blueprints that i'll never use um maybe you know do something with those where i could get rid of them maybe at a you know i mean even if i could just delete them but if i could maybe uh trade them in for a massively reduced amount of credits you know like this particular blueprint costs 400 to unlock. Well, I'm never going to use it. Trade it in for 40 or for, I mean, heck 20 or something like that. But, um, but all in all, yeah, especially since they fixed the pricing issue, um, in my opinion, uh, step in the right direction. Absolutely. hundred percent. Indy, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't really heavily kept up to date with rocket league in a hot minute. By hot minute, I probably mean at least a year. But I understand the concept of the change, which is hopefully good enough. But yeah, man, that's that sounds like I mean, that whole randomized, you don't know what you're getting for whatever price. is just a crapshoot for the consumer. Great for the business. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that they switched is super good for us, but worse for the business. I don't know how much worse. Maybe they didn't need all that excess revenue anyway. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, but it's it's less frustrating for us. And if anything, the honesty and straightforwardness and just the ease should i mean i would feel like it would attract more people to the option as opposed to a mystery box where you could you know add up so much money from the microtransactions just over and over and over i just mm-hmm. mm, 
it's, I'm not a fan of that either. So, yeah, but it sounds like a step in the right direction. And a lot of other companies are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so like we've said before, we can't expect devs and publishers to make uh, propositions where they stand to lose money or uh, decrease their revenue. Unfortunately, right, they have to be held accountable for their employees and their investors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, with that in mind, would you guys rather the prices for boxes be lower than direct payment or uh, would you rather pay a, a premium for an item? And this is assuming that the items have no bearing on the game and its mechanics itself i myself i'd rather just see direct purchase system uh with actual currency connected to an account of some sort so it says you're buying this for 99 cents not 99 credits which could you know or like 150 credits which you pay for uh with like two dollars usd i don't want to see that i want to see just direct purchase at 99 cents you know, one ninety nine, five ninety nine. I don't care. I want it to be actual currency connected to my credit card, um, because those are always a losing proposition for customers. Um, what do you guys want to see? I just kind of get I, it out there explicitly. I agree with you. Direct purchase at at direct cost is the way I would like to see it. I, I actually agree with that. I, had, I hadn't thought about that myself, but uh, the idea of being able to purchase something directly without having to worry about credits, I, I understand on the, the business front of it, you know, you get these these credits rolling and people will purchase them on the anticipation that something they like will be coming, you know, not always, but there are you are going to get those people as opposed to people that will just pay for what they want when they want it. Um, but all in all, I think, even I mean, the risk versus reward even for the, the company itself is not so outlandish that it wouldn't benefit everybody in the long run to do direct purchase as opposed to doing credits. Cause I mean, what's, I mean, aside from just adding the extra step, what is the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Indy. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with all you guys so far. It's just be really direct about it. That's more, that's what I would want. And I feel like a lot of other people would probably want the same thing. Um, yeah. It, it, having their own, I, I don't know. It's just weird when they kind of mask it as their, own currency whether it's converted Mm. or whatever but i'm not really a fan of that like i understand the theming but the theming and the reason they do that is probably more to entice people as a (laughs) this might sound weird but it Mm. seems like it's a friendlier way to pay yeah like it feels less bad when there isn't like a dollar sign you know what i mean well there's a couple way there's a there's a couple reasons for it first off they skew the value of it right right it's not it's not one to one right if it's um Mm -hmm. We'll just like take we'll just say the game has a currency of gems and you have to buy gems. Um, you know, you get 100 gems for, say, one for one dollar and 50 cent. Um, you know, you don't. You don't think you gotta, about you that. You got to go out of your way to convert it. Yeah, yeah you got to go out of your way to do the math to convert it. And then sometimes the things on it, uh, like the things that you can buy are slightly above or slightly less than that than like a hundred gems right it's like 70 gems or it's you always got that 20 left over yeah exactly yeah. and so that's just a way of trapping the customer's money in there mm-hmm. if yep. they don't do the currency you know if you don't if you're not trying to figure out your currency rate then that's just that and you know you just put whatever money you want in there you're not trapping you're not you're not getting your money trapped by the company um yeah 
It could cost four dollars and one cent after converted, but you got to spend five dollars to get it. Like, yeah, then it's stuck there, you know. Exactly. Um, and then, like you're right, it, it's a it's a psychological thing. Oh, I'm not spending dollars; I'm spending gems. These fun little <laughs> gems, and when fun I hit the gems, and when I hit the button, you know, the lights go off and the gems like shoot out everywhere, and it's pretty. Ooh, makes you feel good. <laughs> makes you feel really good. <laughs> um, you know, it's this it's the casino effect. Um, yeah. Which, you know, maybe it's not direct gambling, but it's also, you know, it does play upon the same psychological functions that gambling does uh, occur on in the brain. Um, it's literally uh, consumer marketing 101. I mean, the yep. reason mm -hmm. things are 99 cents instead of a dollar at the store. Yeah. Yeah. Little psychological things here and there. So uh, there it is. Our explicit opinions and thoughts and statements on uh the rocket league uh update and removing gambling from the system we like it more than the loot box system but we wish the prices were fair for the customers <laughs> and it seems like they are moving in that direction so that's good um we had some other news that i wanted to talk about um first off there's an update so for those who don't know i started my streaming career uh, playing Dirty Bomb almost exclusively. I absolutely love that game. I have 590 hours in that game. Um, it's I, I played it from before the Amy update to basically when they said they were done developing the game. Um, they Splash Damage has announced that they'll be shutting down the dedicated servers. They said that when they were done with developing the game that they were going to keep dedicated servers up as long as they could. Um, as long as they, they could, I guess, uh, is tomorrow evening <laughs> oh, wow. um december 18th um the dedicated service will be going down which means that the competitive side of it uh using face it will no longer be available um community servers will still be available through um i3d.net so uh yeah that's that's that i made a lot of friends playing dirty bomb it dirty bomb gave me my first uh early strides uh on twitch i'm incredibly sad uh, that it really is just kind of dying uh, a very slow painful death but it's not like and i've talked about this before splash damage just mishandled things they didn't put the marketing behind it they didn't reach out to creators they didn't do the things that they should have done to save the game um it had a lot of potential i think that they just got intimidated by overwatch and other games that were doing better than them at the time and kind of threw their hands up is how it feels. I think also a part, part of it was um, the unwillingness to deal with toxicity in the community. Uh, and I really don't want to say names. I really don't want to like just say that <laughs> the community manager had some of the most toxic people in the community uh, as a mod uh, in his Twitch chat. I don't want to explicitly say that, but I'm going to. <laughs> Because at this point, what does it matter? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm incredibly saddened by that. I spent a lot of time playing that game. I absolutely loved it. Um, if you guys, I mean, it's still free. You can still download it. If you guys want to try it out, definitely try it out. Um, yeah, that's that's that. That's <laughs> an awfully quick drop to uh, <clears throat> when did they announce that? When did they they announced it last week? After oh, the, last okay. Yeah. I was thinking like it just happened and 
Um, We're dropping it tomorrow. Like, no, uh, yeah. By the way, in our in our Discord, because I shared the link in our Discord uh, conversation. Where is it at? What day did I post it? Um, sure. Yesterday at eleven fifty a.m. I shared it yesterday at eleven fifty a.m. Uh, in the yeah, article, in the article, what uh, day does it say it uh, dropped? Let me take a gander. One day ago. Yesterday was twelve sixteen. Yeah, they are. Um, the splash damage is in London, um, so it, there might be some other time difference there. But uh, I can't say this was really on for the community for the people that do still play it. I can't see this as something that would have gone unnoticed already. Uh, player numbers have been dropping steadily. Um, I mean, by the time I stopped playing the game. Concurrence would peak at a thousand globally for a day, uh, oh, wow. and it was and it would go. It, I mean, that was slowly going down, um, and it just kind of sucks because the way that they left the game. I've talked about this so many different times. The way that they left the game was at a, um, was at a point in which the balancing wasn't what people wanted it to be. Um, there there was a character that was just way too overpowered that people already disliked because it's an invisibility character and you know, it's hard to balance those characters already. And so they just kind of left it the way in a, in a unsatisfactory state for a lot of people. I know a lot of players, a lot of streamers um, like EVZ and Mike who just dropped it. They said, I'm not going to play the game until phantom is changed is, is changed back to the way it was. Um, and I mean, uh, <laughs> I think Dot Burns, who was another one of my early friends on the platform, was like that. Um, Mama Mouthy, now uh, Lady Phoenix Gray on uh, Mixer. Um, she was like that as well. So just it, it's incredibly disheartening to, to see the kind of the slow death over the last year and a half for uh, Dirty Bomb and just to know it could have been avoided. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Another thing... Um, I wanted to mention real quick was Fantasy Store Online on Xbox One um, is getting an open beta, so people can apply for that. It is a free play uh, MMO, I believe, uh, and that was just another shout out to um, just another shout out to uh, Budget Arcade because they sent me a message and say, "Hey, you guys should mention this on the show today." So yeah, uh, any other like little tidbits or news that you guys want to add in here? Oh, I got everything off my chest. Yeah, it's been relatively a slow week, news-wise, on my end. Yeah, it's kind of not really now. What's what's that? I said news not for me now. Yeah, we're in that holiday season, so everyone's kind of. It's like, did you buy our uh, newest game yet? No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's been about it. I mean, the only other thing is the, um, the Call of Duty KD ratio watch. That uh, basically for the Modern Warfare in green, you you know Modern Warfare way more than I do. Um, mm -hmm. They remove the KD ratio from your from being able to view it in the match itself, right? Like you can't check your KD during the match. Good. Um. Honestly, I never checked it anyways. So <laughs> honestly, I didn't even really notice. So it's best not to. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently they now sold like a $20 watch that lets you see your KD. 
So, so yeah, they sold you a solution <laughs> to a problem they created <laughs> instead of uh, making it a toggle toggleable. Um, where's that uh, Dave option? Chappelle meme? <laughs> modern problems need modern solutions. <laughs> but, but, but why though? Your own problem. What's happening? <laughs> Isn't that in there like a specific syndrome for that? Like where you create problems just so you can seem like the hero uh, for solving them? Oh my god. Well, I, I mean, right. <laughs> let's just you know, Bobby EA, uh, not EA. I'm sorry. Um, Activision Blizzard's um, CEO Bobby Kotick, uh, you know, refers to himself as uh, an opportunistic capitalist. I. Uh, when you create the opportunities for yourself, sure. <laughs> uh. Uh, I mean, this is coming from me, an unabashed capitalist. I mean, fuck. I, I'll i sell you the shirt off your mother's back. Um, <laughs> fuck, but I won't, I won't, like, poison you and try to sell you the antidote. <laughs> I would. I've never been more perplexed I, I in you, my life. I wouldn't sell you a lot of things, but I would sell you the antidote. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the, the death stare. Um, so that was another thing. That. Don't you buy the audio it. can't see this. Yeah, people yeah, in the audio don't. can't see the absolute death glare coming from uh, Padre. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I, goodness! Like hail China! Like <laughs> bad, so bad. <laughs> How many times does Blizzard and Activision have to shoot themselves in the foot? Like a lot, a lot. As a lot of feet, apparently. Uh, as many times. They'll let you shoot them in the foot, but they'll sell you the gun to do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hey, you want to shoot me? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a thing. Don't buy into the Call of Duty KD ratio watch or whatever the fuck it is. Um, a hundred percent. If no one buys it, they'll be like, "Oh, this shit is stupid. Let's not do that ever again." Here's the thing, okay. though, is that we know we're already too late, it, or they'll just put we it are. Here. That's the problem. We are already too late. We are already too late. <laughs> they probably have like twenty thousand downloads, like in queue right now. Nine million downloads already completed. They're like fucking counting their money they're like giving some of it to fucking Pooh bear and please let us continue having overwatch in your country look how angry he is Uh, (laughs) oh just uh, absolute shit i'm sorry i need i i forgot about that as a story um do we have anything else we want to talk about this during the show that is so stupid. Oh my goodness! Next next week, uh, while we're taking our break, Mister Greenleaf will be going through anger management. <laughs> I will be. I will be by Activision. It's like you don't even need to check your kill, like your Katie. You don't need to check that while you're playing the you're playing the game. You really don't. You want to? Hey, you want to hey. buy a tracker? If you want to know your KD ratio so bad while playing Call of Duty, get a notepad and a pencil. Hot, <laughs> or or step your game die. up, get a calculator. I mean, hot, hot tips with green. Don't die. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> don't be a scrub. 
Cool. Well, if that's all that we uh, have to talk about during the show, let's wrap things up and let's start uh, with a plug from Indy Falco. Indy, tell all the wonderful people out there who missed it at the top of the show where people can find you and what they're going to find when they get there. Please include all socials uh, as well. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so you can find me on Twitch. You can find me on Mixer. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And I share my personal Instagram. I probably shouldn't have, but oh well. Uh, Breathy Thomas on Instagram, and otherwise it is IndieFalco64 on the end of all the other ones. Uh, and you will find a lot of indie games with me. Currently, I'm actually playing Stardew Valley again, and the 1.4 update is pretty sweet, man. I love it. Um, also, Graveyard Keeper. I'm stuck in those for a little bit. Uh, I'll probably go back to Disco Elysium because, like I said, it's, it's thick with like five or six C's, and that's it's a lot of narrative to chew through. So you got to be like in that mood for it. Mm -hmm. It's heavy, but it's gorgeous but uh you'll find all kinds of indie games and eventually i'm gonna go back to destiny 2 it's inevitable it's it's in my heart it's never gonna leave me <laughs> so he gets it <laughs> but uh but yeah that's that's pretty much everything for me dawning uh, launched today what's that the dawning the holiday event launched today for destiny 2 oh that's right that's right yeah. oh you boys you boys <laughs> gotta bake gotta bake them cookies <laughs> come to the dark side danny k <laughs> we literally you can bake cookies literally have cookies all the time in the game <laughs> <laughs> trying to lose weight okay i gotta we gotta lay off That's the cookies the you're playing a video game <laughs> no just be a titan you need that weight slam into you um green elite what's boy. what's coming up on your channel destiny 2 <laughs> i may i honestly i, I awesome. may be playing i may be playing uh some apex as well mm -hmm. um this week is gonna be a little weird um, since my fiance is off for the next five weeks mm. um, from her LPN course, which she she passed, so that's always good. All right. Um, but yeah, Destiny Two is mainly what I'm going to be playing. I might take a break one of the days or like half of the days to play Apex because they have that new holiday event out, and I've been playing that too, and it's a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's pretty pretty much it. I, I, that's all I've been really playing. And I love it. Awesome. I can't quit you. I can't quit you. <laughs> Where else can uh, people find you, Green Elite? Oh, uh, that would be good to mention. You can always find me on uh, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Elite. I also have my Twitter um, and my Facebook page are Mr. Green Elite. And then my Instagram is TTV Mr. Green Elite because some guy <laughs> we're not going to discuss. Awesome. Go check out Mr. Green Lead on all of those places. Uh, Padre, what's coming up on your channel and where can people find you? We're going to switch it up this week. Uh, there has been a name change across all platforms. Um, instead of the full long Reverend Sven, it is now just Rev Sven, R-E-V-S-V-E-N. Um, that's my Twitch channel, but on socials, it's actually Rev Sven TV because it's kind of since it's a shorter name, they ask you to make them longer. Surprise. Um <laughs> But upcoming on my channel, um, I actually started over Forgotten Anne, uh, choosing some different outcomes. You know, I discussed Forgotten Anne, I believe, what, two weeks ago? Um, so I've, I'm going to be finishing that, but then there's the big baking stream uh, coming up Saturday where we will be uh, blind baking a carrot cake, essentially. Um, have a friend who has her degree in bakery 
uh, it, she's going to walk me through how to bake a carrot cake on Discord. I'm not going to have an ingredients list, and she can't watch the stream to see if I'm doing anything wrong. So it's going to be a <laughs> cool. going to be a lot of fun. Um, after that, uh, we're going to be kind of just rocking some indie games from Xbox Game Pass until I get this PC built, and then we're going to start varying up the content. But until then, this is this is where we're at. Excellent. Um, coming up on my channel this Saturday, I have a 12-hour stream starting at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, ending at midnight. Um, hopefully, I'll be in a costume. I'm still waiting for my costume to re uh, to be um, delivered. Uh, Amazon, please deliver my costume on time. Um, I'm not going to let you guys know what it is. Uh, you're gonna have to wait. And uh, on that 12-hour stream, I'm gonna be doing a full workout stream, making a pizza from scratch. Uh, so much fun will be had. I'm sure you guys will enjoy seeing me embarrass myself inside costume. Um, we'll also be playing a variety of games. I'm gonna start organizing some uh, games to play with some folks. Um, other than that, uh, I'll probably be playing some more Far Cry 5. Uh, I think we're nearly halfway through with it, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, and then after that, uh, hopefully it'll be the, um, new year and I'll have some, uh, new content that we can, uh, start really pushing out. Um, a reminder, this is going to be our last show for the year. Um, we're going to take the next two weeks off to be with family and celebrate the holidays and stuff like that. Um, and also just kind of revitalize ourselves and work on, uh, the show, uh, in some downtime. Uh, Green? Danny, can you confirm or not confirm that there may or may not be a guest appearance in your 12-hour stream? Um, I can confirm. You can confirm. Okay. Do we want to confirm who my guest appearance is going to be? No, let's let's leave it as a surprise guest. That, I, I'm just saying hypothetically. Hypothet do you want to really it wink as... at, Do you really want to wink at the camera right now too? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Pe people know we only live 50 miles away. Not saying that you're going to be the guest. It's I didn't know that. It's, it's a surprise. <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm coming by as a surprise guest. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're making Sorry, kebabs, I, right? No, <laughs> I'm making. Uh, I'm making pizza. I'm actually going to make a grandma pie. What am I? What am I going to do with all of these skewers, man? You told me skewers. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Hellraiser? Oh, cosplay on it. <laughs> Great movie. Um, <laughs> uh, so, guys, anything else that we need to mention real quick before I really wrap up the show? Nothing. Yeah. Funny. All it's right. 20. It's going to be 2020. <laughs> okay. He's right. Um, I feel so old. <laughs> so, uh, guys, thank you for joining us live. Yes, you sitting here in, in the Twitch chat. Thank you for joining us live and enjoying the show. Um, if you guys, you are listening on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, uh, we appreciate you as well. You guys, if you do want to catch the show live, we are live here every Tuesday night at 8, 7 central p.m. Uh, if you're overseas, it's 1 a.m. GMT. Um, if you guys missed any part of the show, you guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn, and basically everywhere podcasts are found. Um, 
if we're not on a particular platform that you guys want us to be on, let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter, um, and we will get there uh, for you. We want to be where you guys are. We want to make it as easy as possible for you. Um, uh, if you guys like what you do, can help support the show in a few different ways. Uh, give us a rating and review on the platform of your choice. That's free, and it helps us out a lot. Um, you guys can follow all of our individual Twitch channels um, and come say hello. Uh, once again, that's free. Uh, you guys can also tell uh, your friends about the show. If you guys really like what we do and you think that your friends would get something out of this, uh, tell them about the show. Um, again, free, really nice way to uh, help us out. Um, you guys can even retweet our uh, post about the show. Uh, Padre is is mentioning something on his phone, but I'm not sure what he's. Oh, I was narrating what you were saying. I was You were talking about tweeting. Oh. And telling telling your friend, I'm just trying to narrate. I'm trying to be, uh, I'm trying to be helpful. Your pantomime, um, and then you guys can also retweet all the posts uh, about the show from our Twitter channels, especially the ones that uh, say we're going live. Um, other than that, guys, we love and appreciate every single one of you. Uh, we sincerely hope that you guys have wonderful holidays. Um, we see, be safe on New Year's Eve. Don't drink and drive. All the good shit. Um, and uh, hopefully we will see you guys in 2020 safe and sound. Uh, absolutely anything else before we want to go, guys? I expect nothing less than to see everyone in 2020. <laughs> Have amazing holidays, do, everybody. Do not disappoint me and enjoy yourself. <laughs> do not disappoint me. All right, guys. We will see you in 2020. Goodbye. Like what you heard? Be sure to check our individual Twitch channels. Links, as always, are in the description of this episode.